When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, Bulls Nation? Welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented to you by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. Yours. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. This is my guy, Big Dave, over here. He is at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. Will, the thrill in Brazil, the magic bubble. He is at Won't Godly. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. On Twitter, we got our producer hanging out with us. His name's Joey. You Joey. know him. You love him. We also got our new sales guy, Chris, hanging out with us today. What up, Chris? Chilling, looking smooth, cool. And uh, I woo. like the wave right That was very presidential on that wave right there. I like that, man. You know? Man belongs <laughs> in a parade. Yes, he does, man. Get this man afloat now. <laughs> Joey, Joey, I got questions for you before you get into your uh, 14 computers. I have a question. Yep, yep. Did you go? Did you go to the Kendrick concert? Yeah, I did. Tell me about it. How was it? I did. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, second time I've seen him at the United Center. A lot of people there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cool to see him selling it out. Um, Baby Keem was very cool to see. I've, I've been a Baby Keem fan for decently, like almost three years now. So mm-hmm. I, it was cool to see. Um, cool to see them perform together. Um, I mean, if anybody else is listening and is a Kendrick fan and he's coming to wherever you are, yeah, I recommend you go see it. It was a lot of fun. Did you, what song was it for you where you just lost your mind? Was it Family Ties? Was that See, I, yes, I'm a huge Kendrick fan. So, like, when he does, like, All Right, like, I, uh-huh. I thought that was great. It was, that was awesome. But Family Ties with Baby Keem when he brought him back out mm-hmm. and, and the crowd was really into it. Like, mm-hmm. that's the only time I took out my phone to take a video. Because, oh, so I that's, see this. Yeah, so that, that, I think, speaks volumes to how, how cool that part was. Okay. All right. All right. Now back to Matt. I know I've, we've said a lot of words. He knows Matt is about. so you confused. You crazy kids with your music. <laughs> what was the median age of this Kendrick concert? 15? Uh, <laughs> Definitely not 15. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely uh, not. Cam in the comments said, speaking of music, I saw the Chili Peppers, a soldier this weekend. Amazing show. A wow, bunch of my friends were at Chili Peppers. Yeah. Chili Peppers. Go. I would have went. Yo, and but you know, I heard what the ticket prices were, and I was like, I love the Peppers. I do not love them that much. So you know who opened for the Chili Peppers, Big who? Dave? Thundercat? Thundercat opened for them? Yeah. It's pretty oh, cool. man. Damn. The, Lawrence is say? saying that the Strokes uh, opened the strokes for the Peppers. I heard, the th- I heard Thundercat was there. I could the be wrong. Chili Peppers my favorite rock band. Wait, 
How is it that you didn't know, Mr. I know everything about music yeah. from like 2000 BC to now, <laughs> didn't know that the Chili Peppers, a band you know. love, was playing at Soldier this past week? I didn't weekend. know they were at Soldier. I was, guess I was more focused on the Kendrick. I will never trust you ever again That's whenever fair. you talk about music. That is a fair assessment, that is a, sir. That is That's a fair. gross oversight, sir. That's great. Have you heard their new album? Chili Peppers? Yeah. Some of it, yeah. You like it? It's good, though, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... it's it's hard for the two Chili Peppers to really put good. out bad albums. Yeah, but they had one of them they had in the middle of that was eh. Some of them are just albums where they put out some crap yeah. in like because they just want to add more songs right. to an album Correct. that Correct. is partially good. Correct. But yeah. this one was Metallica's good. Metallica's guilty of the same thing. Yes. Later <laughs> this is true. This it's is like, true. hey, here's three good songs and seven <laughs> shitty songs. Still <laughs> making albums. Still making albums. Hi, um, Will. <laughs> did hey, you guys. go to a concert in Brazil this weekend, Will? No, but I'll probably see some live music at some point, like some samba or something like that. Definitely. Definitely. That's what he says. Hey, Joey, turn him up, please. Yeah, turn Turn him up. up. We want to hear more of the three. We got a lot of cover today. Uh, We're going to briefly touch on the Knicks and the Hornets and what they did with their respective off-seasons, rounding out our Eastern Conference off-season evals that we've been doing for the last month or so. But before we get to those teams and their off-seasons, we got to talk about the breaking news of this morning, which was, hey, remember when Kevin Durant demanded that trade back in <laughs> June? <laughs> Never mind. Here it is from Shams, the original tweet. Uh, Steve Nash, Josiah, and Sean Marks met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman today uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, or actually met on Monday uh, and have decided to move forward with partnership Nets say. And then Shams followed that up in a statement from Nets GM Sean Marks. Quote, we are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. End quote. So guys, we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show because there was a report from Shams with updates on what's going on with KD, which teams are still in the hunt, what's the asking price. And the three of us sat here and said, it sounded more and more like they aren't going to get an offer that they deem to be worthy of Kevin Durant, and he's just going to stay in at this season. And that was the news of this morning. Yeah, we literally said this yesterday. He would not be traded. He wasn't going to be – he would be there. It just seemed – you know what it's like? It's like telling, I don't know, your significant other, you know, I want to see other people. Yeah. And then you go out there and you realize other people are shitty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and then <laughs> that's really what it is. You know, he found out, well, they – probably don't think you look like you think you look and you know like it's a lot more issues you got to go through and you know a lot more red red flags you maybe more than you're used to and you realize you had everything at home you know and then you just go back home so it just I feel like, like Big that. Dave's most recent serious girlfriend is getting a like a subliminal message sent right now <laughs> like hey I made a mistake sweetie Listen, she 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 confessed she made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> like a month later, she and I was like, yeah, well, when I'm done, I'm done. So that's just what that is. You know, shout out to you though. You still cool. We still cool. That's my dog. What um, do you think about this, Will? Go ahead, Will. Well, it's like the other thing we were talking about yesterday, which was the Knicks being super desperate for Donovan Mitchell. I think like they were just kind of calling his bluff and dealing with the the desperation that other teams were, you know, waiting to see the asking price go up a little bit. Now they're just, they're calling his bluff. They're not going to do it. And I think that will actually drive up the price. I'm not convinced this is the end of the saga. I think as we were talking about yesterday, like maybe now because the Nets are saying, yeah, we're going to keep them. Maybe now the, you know, the Scotty Barneses of the world start to become a little bit more available because that's what's required to prime away. Whereas before it was like, well, he's going to leave. 
it doesn't really matter. We don't have to throw our best package available. So I'm not convinced this is over, but um, definitely it's sort of like a emphatic message that like they're not dealing with it and that they're going to risk him potentially sitting out games. So that was the other thing was like this um, uh, investigation with Ben Simmons and the league and coming to some sort of agreement between um, the 76ers and Simmons on what money he was going to get back. Um, obviously that played a role because, um, you know, like the, he's not going to sit out games if he's not going to be able to get that money back. So I think there's a little bit of that at play as well. Yeah. Go question. ahead. Well, well, let me ask you something. What do you think the Nets front office did wrong in this situation of trying to trade KD? Because it seems like Danny Ainge kind of has the Knicks, you know, by the cojones right here. And, you know, he's going to get whatever he wants. You had a better player, like arguably top three in the league, and, and you still couldn't get, you know, something great. You know what I'm saying? For what, Were they asking too much? Or what, what do you think they went wrong on this? That's a tough one. I'm not even sure they did anything wrong. I think they, like, explored the trade market, realized they weren't un- under any obligation to trade him. And anything you get back, I mean, there's, like, the irony of the trade is, like, whoever actually has enough to trade for KD, you're going to end up giving so much away that when you get KD, you're not going to be competitive because that's all you're going to have. So I think the Nets are just, like, in a situation where they're going to lose if they trade him. So they may as well try to keep him and repair the situation. It seems like that's where it's heading. But we also don't know if Katie's going to hold out games now. I think that will ultimately change the the direction again if he decides to do that. The the part of this that is most curious to me is what was said in this meeting between Kevin Durant and his representation and Sean Marks and Steve Nash and the Nets to all of a sudden get Kevin on board. Because that was what was explained as the original reason for his trade demand Uh, and, and then they came out like with an update a week or two weeks. I can't remember the timelines exactly. After saying, Katie basically said, it's him, it's me or them. Mm-hmm. Get rid of Steve Nash as this team's head coach. Get rid of Sean Marks as the head of this team's front office mm-hmm. or trade me. Yeah. So what were they able to say to Katie and his representation in this meeting to change his mind that these are the right people to remain on course? Because, uh, you know, Joe Sy issued that public uh, release, press release like a couple weeks ago saying Steve Nash and Sean Marks have my full support. Right. How did they win back Kevin Durant's support? That's what I'm wondering right now. That's a great question too because you're right. He was very adamant about not being here with those guys. Like yeah. He kind of drew a line in the sand saying it's either them or it's me. And he was like, it's them. <laughs> he was like, well, trade me. And they're like, well, we can't. So what do you want to do? You're under contract, buddy. You know what I mean? Thanks for that no trade clause, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for putting that in your in your contract there, sir. So yeah, man, I don't I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, I guess time kind of heals all wounds, kind of thing. It could be that kind of scenario for yeah. him. Uh, it could be we're getting closer to the season. He just wants to play basketball because Kevin Durant loves to play basketball. It's what he enjoys doing so much. Um, could be the fact that I've been here a couple years, and you know what I mean. You, it's better to be with the devil you know than the devil you don't kind of situation. I mean, it could be a, a, a number of those things, man. But all we know for a fact, though, for sure, is they ironed it out in L.A. and he's going to be back. And it's now that big three It's going that we thought we were going to see the, you know, last season. Now we're going to see now with Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and uh, KD, Will. Niles isn't buying it. He said, time will not heal this wound, Dave. <laughs> he's playing. 
Something's healed. You know what I'm saying? Something's healed, bro. Yeah, it's like the Aiden situation. Like, it was clearly fractured, and now they paid him, and hopefully it'll be able to work out. I think it's similar. But for me, it's like KD, I think, demanded this trade wanting to go to certain teams, obviously, right? It was the Suns and the Heat. And I think the Nets tried to make those moves, but they can't just give them away. So my guess for this conversation is like, look, KD, we tried to trade you. We tried to get you to the places we want. We can't just give you away. I think you understand that. So they don't have what it takes to, to make it work. Can we just try to run this back in and see what we can do down the road? And I think that it's kind of like the only possible scenario where it was going to work out for all parties. Obviously, like not preferred for KD, but that's like an impossible trade demand. Like you cannot, no, one side of that is going to be extremely lopsided and that is always going to be the Nets because they're losing Kevin Durant. So I just think it was like impossible from the start. And now it seems like everybody's just kind of coming to terms with that. That's the other really interesting thing to me is that this is a very striking uh, counterpoint to this recent trend of NBA superstars who, if they are unhappy with their current lot in life, their contract, the team they're playing for, the situation, and they want out, they do what Kevin just did earlier this summer and say, trade me. I want out, right. trade me. And the recent trend has been those players eventually get what they want. Yes. Anthony yeah. Davis forced his way out of New Orleans. Yeah. James Harden forced his way out of Houston mm -hmm. and then forced his way out of Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, like yes. Th This has been the trend. <laughs> we talked about it when we were talking about whether or not Zach Levine would sign the offer that the Bulls gave him this summer, assuming that they offered him the max, if two or three years from now Zach Levine said, you know, it's been, it's been real Chicago, but I want out, the advice that Rich Paul and, and his reps would give him is, sign that Bulls contract because it's the most money, and if you want out later, we'll deal with it later, and we'll just get you out via trade. Does this somehow now change that? This one example of Kevin Durant, one of the biggest named superstars in the league, yeah. Using that move to say, I know I'm under contract for four more years, mm -hmm. but I want out, so get me out. And the team looking around at any and all trade options and offers and saying, you know what? None of these are good enough. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Kevin. No, <laughs> we're not trading you. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big swing back the other direction from the recent trend. Yeah, that pendulum definitely was a huge swing. The, the main difference of this, Matt, is I think Kevin Durant, is a victim of his own greatness. And what I mean by that is it's very hard to get equal value back for somebody like Kevin Durant. So a Donovan Mitchell or even a James Harden or Zach Levine, no disrespect to them because those are great players, but Kevin Durant is better than all of them. So when they can ask for a trade, you can get something of equal value back, you know what I'm saying, for those kind of players. You know what I mean? What do you give for Kevin Durant, man? You know what I mean? Nothing is enough. For Kevin Durant, what what do you want? You want you want his Burks? Like you can have them. You know what I'm saying? Like can't have these. Yeah, well, probably not them, but we'll buy you some <laughs> if you need some Burks. I get you some. You want some athletic green? I mean, whatever you want, you give him. But it still won't be enough. He's kind of a victim of his own greatness. Now, when he gets, I think when he gets a little older down the line, maybe the next three years, maybe it, it'll soften up then. You know what I'm saying? It'll it'll change up then for him. Uh, going to another team and actually getting some kind of equal value back. But as of right now, of who he is, man, and what he provides, and you saw those numbers where he was, he was damn near averaging 30 a game last year, seven rebounds and six assists. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not a fall off. You know what I mean? And doing it playing 30-plus minutes. 
You know, I think he played, what, 55 games, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, man, it's very – he's a victim of his own greatness. So, I don't think it would deter other players from still kind of demanding that trade, you know what I'm saying, and trying to get what they want out of it. I think that's true because of the four years left on his contract. You can trade Rudy Gobert for a million draft picks, even though he's got four years, because he's Rudy Gobert and he's not Kevin Durant. But there's no threat of Kevin leaving in free agency this summer, the way that there was a threat of Harden leaving in free agency this summer. Like the Nets were able to get a lot back for him and they didn't have to pay him. Like the, the you know, the 76ers got super lucky. He was willing to take a pay cut because the Nets would have had to pay him too. And who knows if that would have been the case if he was still in Brooklyn. You think back to Kawhi, he was an expiring contract when they moved him to the Raptors. You think to Anthony Davis, I think he had a year or a year and a half left on his deal. So it's the four years to me. Like you can't just trade him uh, to get obviously worse when there's no threat of him leaving for nothing. And I think that's really the difference here. So it does become like the better the player is, we're in this era of player empowerment, right? Where players can demand where they want to go or sign for however many, you know, max contracts or years or whatever it may be. But at a certain level, if there's time left on your contract and you're that good, a trade is just not possible. And if he had a year left or even two, I think this is a totally different story where the Nets are now under a little bit more pressure to get whatever they can for him because obviously he's not going to come back if he's demanding this trade. Uh, Charlie in the comments pointing out something that a lot of people have been talking about on NBA Twitter this morning, kind of comparing this KD situation to what Kobe went through in the summer of 2007 uh, when he was okay. thought he was done yeah. being a Laker and wanted his way out, yeah. saying uh, it's the same as when Kobe wanted to leave the Lakers in 2007. There was no real scenario where the Nets could get equal value, and no matter what he tried to do, they were never going to trade him although i mean i don't know although according to kobe <laughs> and a lot of other people in that kobe situation yeah. back in 07 they came very close yeah to, to yeah. moving him it was it was a luol dang thing like they didn't want to do it without luol dang and right. kobe didn't want to play without right. luol dang and it so. seemed like this kd thing they never got close to a deal right. that they thought was good enough exactly there was no one player that they just said oh he's the deciding factor of this we don't want to give him up but we don't want to give him up Maybe the Pelicans might be the closest to that because they did not want to give up Brandon Ingram, you know right. what I'm saying, in that trade scenario. So maybe they're the closest in this. But, yeah, in general, it just felt like no matter what was on the table, they wanted more. Right. You know? Yeah. And, again, it comes back to, like, the, the way that the Nets are hamstrung right now because they've traded all their future picks away to get James Harden. They can't afford to be bad. I think that would also change the scenario if they could – do basically what the Rockets did, trade James Harden for a haul of picks, get bad themselves, and increase the value of their own picks that way. And now they're sitting pretty with Jalen Green and Jabari Smith and Tari Eason and all the Alperin Changun, all the young players that they have, plus upcoming picks of their own that are going to be pretty high. Plus, you know, who knows what happens with the Nets. I assume they're going to be good this year, but this whole thing could still explode so they are in a great spot and it was because they were able to get bad and because they had more of a threat that Harden would just walk in free agency for nothing whereas the Nets can't afford to be bad or you know and they know that Kevin's not going to just leave in the next year for nothing this this now makes the Brooklyn Nets a very very intriguing team for this upcoming season because they do theoretically have two stars and a 
kind of also a star. I mean, Katie, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, all of them multi-time All-Stars. Yes. But they all have giant question marks on how much will they be bought in to winning for the Brooklyn Nets this season. Yeah. So And, and for all of their various reasons, KD, unhappy, wanted to trade. Kyrie didn't really love the way that his offseason went down, thought he was going to force his way out, right. thought he was going to you know decline this, this option with the Nets and get a longer-term deal somewhere else, maybe go to the Lakers and reunite with LeBron. None of that happened. And, and Ben Simmons. Is Ben Simmons going to play basketball ever again? <laughs> Who knows? It is wildly fascinating to try to pin down what this Brooklyn team will be and how good they could be. Yeah. Because if you if you say you're getting 70-plus games from all three of those guys, you're talking about a Brooklyn Nets team that, like, lock top three seed in the East, right? Mm, depends. But... <laughs> Who, like, but nobody can say that confidently. No. Is KD really going to be bought in? Is Kyrie not going to be distracted by, like, Pixie Dust and Ivermectin? <laughs> Is Ben Simmons actually a guy who wants to play basketball right now? So many unanswerable questions. <laughs> unanswerable. <laughs> unanswerable questions here. Yeah, but they're, they're very interesting. You're right. Um, except for the awesome silliness that you just threw out there with it. But you're right. Everything you said is, is pretty dead on. And that's what makes them just an intriguing watch, you know what I'm saying, when the season begins, even in the preseason. Like, I'm just going to be ecstatic to just see what they do. Um, does Ben Simmons play in the preseason? Because he hasn't played forever, you know? Does Kyrie He's retired, like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's funny because they, you, you know on the floor, uh, Will, with how they all kind of fit with each other. Because they either do two – either two of those players do things great and one doesn't. On both sides, like when it comes to scoring, Kyrie and Durant, you know what I'm saying, elite scores. You know what I mean? And but Ben Simmons is not. When it comes to defense, Durant and Ben Simmons, elite defenders, but Kyrie is not. You know, so they kind of complement and put bandages on what those guys don't do great. And so it's it's going to be interesting to watch. And then the team around them that they have, right? Because you have those three, but. Are the cupboards bare or not? You know, you got Curry. You know, you know he's going to be a shooter. Joe Harris, like you theoretically got Joe coming Harris. back healthy. Hopefully he's healthy. They just yeah. traded for Royce O'Neal. They've got Nick Claxton. Correct. They've got some young players that I think will be good in Cameron Thomas, Daron Sharp. Uh, I think we're overthinking this. They're going to be really freaking good. They have three just absolutely elite players. I think people forgot how good Ben Simmons is, and probably rightfully so, because he just disappeared last time he did play, which was like over a year ago. Um He's really good, and I think he's a great fit next to Kevin Durant because everybody is a great fit next to Kevin Durant because he's, like, the most malleable superstar of all time. Uh, Kyrie, there's no more restriction on the COVID stuff, so he's going to be playing. Like, they have nothing to lose by sitting out and everything to gain by playing. So they, they're all competitors. I think, you know, Kyrie, probably still a bit of a wild card. I don't see why Ben Simmons would hold out any longer. He's on a different team. He got what he wanted, and he has an opportunity to, like, be on a real winner next to two of the great players of all time. So I think they're going to be really good. They have great depth. It's probably going to be like a little bit of a, a roller coaster, like emotionally for them to get back on board, but they're professionals and I think they're going to want to win. So why, why not try? You're, you're giving those three a lot of credit right now, Will. I will remain a giant skeptic until I actually see them <laughs> playing solid basketball on the floor together more often than not. And that's totally fair. But I, my guess is just that it will be okay. If you have that much talent, you'll be okay.
Fair. Uh, so we are going to do a full breakdown. You mentioned, you know, the Royce O'Neal trade. They brought Claxton back on a pretty team-friendly deal. We're going to talk about everything that's off-season coming up on our Thursday episode, a full eval of their off-season. So stay tuned for that later this week. And after this break, we're going to talk about the other New York team and what one? they did this off-season. Oh, the Knickerbockers? Oh, is that you still? ever heard of the Knickerbockers? Uh, no. Kiss. No, it does, doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, no ring a bell. Doesn't ring a bell. Uh, today's episode brought to you guys by our great friends at PointsBet. PointsBet. PointsBet Sportsbook is counting down the days, y'all, until the football season. With a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From right now until September 8th. Mm. That's the NFL's opening day. September 8th? That's when opening day that's is? Like, that's like right around, the corner. All right around the corner. Right there. Until the season kicks off. Uh, from now until September 8th, PointsBet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from noon to 1 p.m., Chicago time, a.k.a. Central Standard Time. Mm. Sign up for PointsBet now using that promo code CHGO to also get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not all. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free membership to CHGO which unlocks all of our great exclusive web content at allchgo.com, including the most recent mailbag column that Mr. Gottlieb dropped yesterday uh, for you to read on allchgo.com right now. Plus, you get a free CHGO T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO merch locker. There's some new ones out there right now. We also, by the way, allchgo, chgolocker.com, 25% off today. All shirts. Beat that. All shirts, twenty five percent off today. I went crazy, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I oh! I placed an order today. Yeah, of course I did. I put an order in. Yes, I did. <laughs> and you can get that CHO membership by downloading that PointsBet app. You guys, mm. download it today using promo code CHO to take advantage of that limited time offer. Because we all know that once the game starts, once the NFL season starts on September eighth, will preach it. The people don't just bet; tell them what to do. Live your bet life. There you go. Oh, I'm so excited for betting Ugh. on points bet Can on football Sundays. We're so close. I keep looking over here because I'm waiting for Shirtless Wonder to come on up out of here and stand on that balcony. Oh, I thought yeah. Shirtless Wonder lived on that side. No, no, no. He's right there. Wait. He's, the entire time it's been there. Two, there are two Shirtless Wonders then. You're saying there's somebody else on this side too? Yes. Shirtless Wonder? That's the one you were talking oh, about, right, right, Joey? The one over there? No, that was the guy that was painting dangerously on the roof. Oh, <laughs> he happened yeah. to be—he happened to be shirtless while doing that, but he was dangling off the roof while painting. That's—that's oh, that's the okay. only time I've that seen I him. Thought now. you guys were talking about? Oh, no, no, this one shirtless painter guy. No, no this, this is shirtless shirtless cigarette smoker on the balcony. That's right. With a dog. He's got a dog, too. So I'm just wondering if this guy might, like, listen to some of our shows, and he's like, yeah, that guy sounds like a real idiot. And then one day he's going to be like, holy sh, like, that's me. Like, that's, that's Big Dave. He's standing there pointing at me. Like, I mean, if he's listened to enough of our shows, he probably knows that our studios are here in the West Loop yeah. of downtown Chicago. I mean, he can put that together. You know what I'm saying? And so does he also yeah. reside in that location. He, he must have put that together by now. I'm putting? Wow. Very curious to know what he but, does for a living. Like, I'm just fascinated with this human being I now. think I think he pets a dog and shirtlessly smokes cigarettes for a living. Yeah. It's the same, and it's the same sweatpants every time. It's the same black ones every single time, man. Will, I'm that fascinated. That makes the shirtless sadder. <laughs> it makes it more awesome to me. Really? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with wearing sweatpants. Nothing. Okay? Nothing. nothing. I agree. Will. There's, there's, 
There's, I can validate sweatpants for occasional at-home leisure wear. Yes. Sweatpants and shirtless just, to me, just looks, it paints too sad of a picture. <laughs> It's like, what happened to you in your life? <laughs> you you equate that with, like, divorce? Yes. Or something like that? Okay. Yes. All right, I divorce, joblessness. Sweatpants and tank top guy. Just, you yes, know, we, like. <laughs> the starter kit. The starter kit. <laughs> like, what, one expired milk carton away from just throwing in the towel completely. <laughs> I quit life. <laughs> you know who else is a expired milk carton away from throwing in the towel completely? Who is this? The New York Knicks. Hey, the segues are brilliant. Yes, they are. I mean, I actually think that they're very confident coming into this season. They are always confident. Let's, I guess, just also put a giant asterisk on evaluating their offseason with before between now and the season starting, they could also add Donovan Mitchell to this whole big situation. It's true. It's true. They could. But for now, for now, let's take a look at what the Knicks have done this offseason. Sure. So 2022 NBA draft night. They make a pretty big trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. Here are the details of that trade in case you forgot it. They traded the rights to the 11th overall pick to OKC because OKC was just making picks on picks on picks this year. That's what they do. And the Knicks stockpiled for the near future, getting three first-round picks in 2023. They're all protected, and they come from Detroit, from Washington, and from Denver. What do you guys think about this trade that the Knicks made uh, earlier this summer on draft night to say, okay, see, you can have our pick this year, but we're stockpiling three on top of what we have next year. Honestly, I'm going to see the wheel on this one because I have no idea. Like, I don't know what they were thinking or if there's something in the next draft that they like. I, I'm very confused by it. Maybe Will can straighten this out for me, please. I feel like I'm Charlie Day, like, mailroom meme, trying to figure out, like, the protections on these picks. And I got boxes full of Pepe, Sylvia. It's, I cannot figure it out. There's two. But I think it's interesting because, one, from the Thunder standpoint, I know we're not talking about them, so I'll keep it brief. They have so many picks that at some point they needed to consolidate. And the guy they consolidated on, and they'll be able to do it again, but the guy they consolidated on was Usman Jang, who, like, maybe will be an NBA player this year. I'm not sure. For the Knicks, I mean, it all comes back to what we were talking about yesterday. This is a mad dash to create as much cap space and get as many draft picks as they can so they can trade for Donovan Mitchell. And it's so transparent. I mean, this is just so transparent. So, um, yeah, I mean, basically everything they did was – trying to appease Danny Ainge here. Um, they got they had to pay to get rid of like Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks. Um, I wasn't crazy about anybody that they could have drafted at 11, but just such a weird scenario where uh, they just basically gave up what should be, what typically would be a really strong pick at number 11 for a bunch of like future protected picks that are probably not going to convey for a while, which probably means they're not as valuable, which means they're going to have to give even more of them in this Donovan Mitchell trade that eventually will happen. Yeah, I mean, if especially if you look at the picks coming via Detroit and Washington through OKC, two teams that could very well be in the lottery next year, Yeah, Washington and Detroit. Denver, you know, even without Jamal Murray healthy, were a playoff team this past year. You expect him to be so again. I, I, I'm not sure what the exact protections on that Denver pick are, but you're right, Will, in that some of these might not convey right away. 
you're also right to say it's not about these picks or it wasn't about picking at 11 this year. It's about clearing as much cap space as they could to go out and sign these guys. Um, so is. because that was the big part of the Knicks uh, offseason, well, let's move on to that. Quick note, they did also have a second-round pick, 42nd overall, which they used to draft Trevor Keels out of Duke. Uh, but can I, can I make one? Well, actually, are you going to get – there's like three or four trades that happened that – made all these pick works, but the Denver one actually got rerouted to the Hornets, who we'll talk about in a minute, in the Jalen Duran trade, which I also thought was really bad for both teams. Um, so it's just, it's all a mess here. They're not even going to get that pick, which will be probably the only one that can base this year. There was so much craziness that happened on draft night it with was. all these different trades, and then also immediately after draft night. Um, okay, but so the, the thing that the Knicks did... Uh, right, okay, well, so yeah, let's let's talk about that. The, the trade with Detroit mm -hmm. that... Uh, uh, said said goodbye to Kemba Walker. I, I never understood why they, they wanted to make Kemba Walker a thing in, in New York, and then they clearly gave up on that fairly quickly in that three-way three trade. That it's exactly him. what we talked about with Donovan. He's from New York, and he's supposed to be good. So they did whatever they could to get a New Yorker on the Knicks, and hopefully he was good and it did not work out. And we all knew how it was going to end with Kemba Walker. The second he went there, they were like, this is not going to work with Tibbs, period. This is just and not going to work. And they had to pay to get rid of him. Yeah, like it's just no. yeah, uh, and we can get into that trade a little bit further because you know who else was involved in that trade were the Charlotte Hornets, who we're going to talk about next. Yeah, um, but so bye bye Kemba in New York. They bring in Jalen Brunson, the guy mm. that they lured away from the Dallas Mavericks after his breakout season there. Um, certainly, the the relationships that that exist between Brunson and, and his inner circle and people who the Knicks hired. Um, so Brunson was signed on a four-year, $104 million Ooh. contract. And that's pretty big. <laughs> but they also made a couple of other significant moves, bringing Mitchell Robinson back on a four-year, $60 million deal. Yeah. And a guy that a lot of Bulls fans, and I know our guy Will, had a close eye on, Isaiah Hartenstein, who yes. was the backup big in – uh, the, uh, in L.A. for the Clippers this past year, they also stole him away from the Clips on a two-year, $16 million deal. There you see the deets on all of those free agent signings. Thank whoa, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about Jericho Sims, former Texas Longhorn? Can't, can't leave out Joey's guy, Jericho Sims. Can't. I mean, that's the most important on all the signings oh. on your screen right there, clearly. Okay. Thank you, Longhorn Sam. Hey. <laughs> one, one of the craziest jumpers in the NBA. That guy absolutely flies. Jericho Sims. Like uh, so, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but how much do you guys think Brunson moves the needle for the Knicks, if at all? I mean, not really. I mean, yes, because he's, he's good. He can play. We, he's skilled. We see that. But, like, if you're talking about elevating them up, you know what I'm saying, into a top six seed or something like that, no, I don't see that. Elevate them up to a top eight. Mm -hmm. I don't see that either. You know what I mean? But, sure, he'll make them better because he's one, he's already good. But he's going to Tom Thibodeau, yeah. who is awesome with point guards, okay? Like, the, the list is long with what he's done with point guards. Me and Will got to talk to one of them. That's a flex. Down in Summer League with uh, Aaron Brooks. And he, and he spoke of that, too, just of the loyalty and the respect that he had for Tom Thibodeau, man, and what he kind of does for those guys. So, yeah, I expect him to do that. And you got his father there also to be coaching with them as well. So he's going to help, but I just don't think, Will, he's going to be that kind of guy. If they don't get hit with a tampering fine, it's going to be absolutely insane because they literally hired his dad to go get him. 
Um, I don't think it moves the needle that much, but I also don't think they brought him there to be their number one option. Uh, they still have Julius Randle. They still have R.J. Barrett. And obviously, they're going after Donovan Mitchell. And I don't even think it stops there. Like, they're always going to be swinging big. So I think he's a great complimentary piece. I think he's sort of a perfect combo guard to play alongside, you know, a star like Donovan Mitchell or multiple stars because he can shoot it. He can run some offense. He's a great defensive player. He can guard up and down. I think he's a really solid player, and he will obviously help them, but he's not somebody that, like, makes the engine run, and that's kind of what they need right now just given where they are. So, uh, like I said, I'm not – it's almost, like, incomplete for them right now because there's going to be more moves. It's just a matter of for who and when. Um, but I do like Brunson for them in general. It's just not – he's not there to be their number one guy. Um, yeah, I mean, again, and a lot of this is predicated on also whether or not Donovan Mitchell shows up when you're talking about where is Jalen Brunson on the hierarchy of usage percentage of these pieces with this Knicks team when you also throw in Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, how many shots are they getting up versus how many shots Brunson's going to get up. Yeah. To me, like, yeah, I also really liked Isaiah and would have loved the Bulls to, to find a way to get him, maybe using their full MLE, but they didn't. Um, the low-key most impressive thing to me is that Mitchell Robinson deal. Mm. Four years, 60, for a guy who is in that sort of tier of not worthy of a max contract but is still young, has a lot of upside, and is only going to get better. And I, I still haven't fully forgiven him for injuring Patrick <laughs> Williams in game five of right. 82 last right. season. Right. But should you? The, other, the other detail that I like about this Mitchell Robinson contract is it's de-escalating. Yes. He's a young guy on a de-escalating contract. Next season, this year one of four, 17 mil, you work your way through this contract, and by year four of this deal, he's making just under 13 mil. Wow. That's a great contract for the Knicks, in my opinion. Yeah, very smart move for them, and you saw his impact, as you mentioned, you know, with Patrick Williams, but just defensively, his impact, man, like, that dude blocks shots. Okay, Ooh. that's what he does. He blocks shots. Um, he dealt with some injuries uh, in his career, you know what I'm saying, like that. So we'll see, you know, if he can stay healthy. Even though he was relatively healthy, you know what I'm saying, in, in 2021. Mm -hmm. He was relatively – I think he played like 70 games or something like that. But, yeah, like I like him. I thought I wanted the Bulls to pursue him. Uh, I thought he would answer a lot of the questions we had, which was, you know, that uh, defense around the rim and that rim protection for the Bulls. He definitely answered uh, that question. Um and, yeah, he, he's a good fit for them, you know, that guy that you could throw those alley-oops to because he's super athletic on the top of all of that. So, yeah, he's what uh, you thought Nerland's Noel was going to be. He's exactly what that is, man, and using that defense, using that athleticism, and he got that nice contract. So, yeah, more power to him. It's just a little weird to me that they would then also go out and sign Hartenstein. Yeah. And it seemed like he was getting similar offers um, from other teams. I mean, it was just like the taxpayer or the non-taxpayer mid-level, which he ended up getting. Um, so it seemed like he could have gotten competitive offers elsewhere. Now he's just going to be, you know, maybe getting at most 24 minutes a night off the bench for the Knicks. So um, a little weird there for me, like, why not just draft Jalen Durant instead of going jumping through all these hoops to like maybe get Donovan Mitchell with a bunch of protected future picks. I don't know. Uh, it's just kind of weird. And I also don't necessarily think that like, I, I like one or the other, but I don't think that going out and signing two centers is really like the way that any team should operate in the year 2022. No, you're right. That's a good point. Uh, some of the other pieces you got coming back for this Knicks team, you got Reddish, you got Fournier, uh, you know, who was a name 
still is a name involved in these Donovan Mitchell talks. Obi Toppin, quickly, uh, you know, uh, our guy Grimes, who we were talking about Grimes. just the other day, who we saw play in Summer League. And then Grimes. the other name that I'm sure Bulls fans want us to touch on, at least briefly, Derrick Rose. Mm. Still under contract with the New York Knicks still coming there. into this season. Still Had there. some injury issues again last year, yeah. but at times looked like he was the engine that made the Knicks go. Yeah. Like he did when he first came to that Knicks team and was like, hey, man, I'm still D. Rose. I still got plenty left in the tank. And they, when he went, they went. Yeah. And then dealing with injuries again last season, what do you guys see ahead for Derek this year? Uh, kind of what you saw last year, I think. Um, he's going to have those moments for sure because he's Derek Rose. But will he be able to stay relatively healthy? That will always be the question forever going forward for the rest of his NBA career. Can he stay healthy enough to make that big old impact that we kind of want him to make? Even though it's with the Knicks, I really, really don't. But I just want him to, you know, just be relatively pain-free and relatively healthy and, you know, put up those numbers and have those games. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's in the Knicks uniform, it's still Derrick Rose, and I like seeing him succeed. But I don't know as far as the impact uh, will be because a lot of that is health-dependent uh, with Derrick Rose. But when he's out there, you see, you see what he does when, when he's out there, man. He, they were talking to him for six-man of the year other one year when he was relatively healthy for the Knicks. So you, you see the impact he can have on the floor for that team, uh, Will. We should get one of those, like, counters podcast days since we last mentioned injury, and it would always be at zero because we have to talk about injuries every single day. And when you talk about Derek, that's exactly right. You have to talk about injuries. Uh, 26 games last year, 35 the year before that. Um, it's just sad. Like, he's not – He's not going to play much, but you're right. He was, and especially during that playoff run against the Hawks, like he played really well. So as long as Tom Thibodeau is his coach, he'll have an opportunity to get minutes uh, as long as he's healthy. And yeah, I mean, I think it's a fine veteran player to have. They also lost Taj Gibson to the Wizards, which sad, sad to see those guys break up, but they just have, they have a lot of guys and that's why they're making these big swings for Donovan Mitchell. Cause like you need a guy, you don't, you don't need like, Cam Reddish to be your sixth wing, you know, like you need, you need a guy. Uh, okay. So quickly before we move on grades and projections for the New York Knicks uh, and their off season, I gave them a B minus. Um, That's nice. Because they did get Brunson away from Dallas. They brought back Robinson on, as I explained it, I think a team friendly deal. They got Hartenstein and they, and they uh, beefed up their, their cabinet of draft picks in that trade. So, B minus. Mm -hmm. I, I still don't have a whole lot of faith as as I as you see there. None of us see them as even making the play in. No, no, uh, don't see them at that. I actually, I, no, no, I had them at like ten, <laughs> which would be the very yeah, last play. I, yeah, I, like I changed. I changed. I changed Dave's rankings from ten to twelve to no play in because of, yeah, you can't have ten to twelve. It's either to 12? seven to ten. Or well, 11 I just to 12 change it because, because no, it's not only ten. No, is ten is in the play. Is it so? I didn't know. I didn't know what to do because it could have been. It's either play in ten is in the play in, but uh -huh. eleven and twelve are out. Dave has been so making his own tears this, this so whole I, time. I, right, <laughs> this Dave, whole time we've been doing these. He's been like a little life. all over the place <laughs> with the tears. So I just said, you know, I think this is what Dave meant by it, and okay. I'll just clarify, you know, on the show that he had ten to twelve, but I but I put no okay. play in. All right, I, I didn't think that. <laughs> That's not what I meant by it. Uh, but I see, I see where your your uh, mental was on that. But I'm not mad about it. It's the Knicks. I don't care. You want to say they'll make the play in? Okay, that's cool with me. That's fine. 
But I, I kind of was like, maybe that's why I said Brunson kind of moves the needle for you. That's kind of why I had them at like maybe they can get in there at the 10 or something like that because he could have one of those months that we saw him have like in the playoffs uh, for Dallas. Like that could be the case. But, yeah, and they, and they still have Randall, who's really good. They still have R.J. Barrett, who's really good. Um, they still have those guys. We mentioned Mitchell Robinson, Hartenstein coming off the bench. Those guys are going to help that basketball team. So if they make the number 10 play in, I wouldn't be super-duper surprised by it. Uh, but – I don't I just don't have that kind of faith, you know what I'm saying, in that kind of squad. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, I don't really see it. I mean, barring another big move for them, I just don't think they have I know they won like 45 or something games the year before, but like they were they missed the play in by six games this past year. I'm not really sure, you know, Jalen Brunson and you know, hopefully you get some growth out of quickly and you know, guys like Miles McBride, uh Obi Toppin, maybe help help sort of push you into that mix but i don't really see any of these other teams uh, having gotten worse maybe you could talk about the hornets a little bit which we will do shortly but i just don't really see them as being a real threat if they get donovan mitchell i think they're a clear play-in team but until that happens we just don't really know and so for me c minus for the grade just because i think they are playing their hand a little bit too much and making their stance a little too obvious to the point where they're going to end up way overpaying for guys that probably don't help them that much. I mean, that's kind of what happened with Brunson, right? It's like they had to overpay him to pry him away from Dallas. Um, I like Brunson for them. I'm not, you know, I, I don't really think it was, they're, they're just, their whole plan doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. So it's nice that they got him, but I'm not really sure. I still don't really like understand what they're doing. So for me, it was C minus and I think they missed the plan. Still upset with how they did it. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> yeah. sure they are. Yeah. Rick Cuban's always upset about something. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's uh, fair. Okay, so there it is. There is your New York Knicks offseason coming up. We will talk uh, about what the Charlotte Hornets did this offseason. Another, another one of those teams is probably going to be fighting for a spot in that plane again this upcoming season. But first, Big Dave, tell the people out there mm-hmm. how they could be helping themselves with a little thing called Owen. Mm, it's something you can start your day with. Your afternoon or your evening. It doesn't matter the time. You get your some of this in you, you're going to feel good. Because it's free of those artificial ingredients. It's allergen-friendly. No gluten or dairy. And it's easy on the tummy-tum-tum, y'all. It is easily digestible. It's Owen. It's a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do, as hard as Joey does, as hard as Sean does, as hard as this man does, as hard as Shirtless Wonder does, because I just think he's like an espionage spy for the FBI or something like that. It works as hard as him as well. Works out all these wonderful people. And you know who else loves this drink? You know who else wants some more of this Owen deliciousness? QB1? QB1! Justin Fields. There it is. Go get it. God, touch that. That's how we do it, baby. So why don't you get down with all of that wonderfulness, y'all? Because Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you this awesome, awesome offer right here. Get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Just use that code CHGO20. That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Code CHGO20. So why don't you join all of us and join Justin Fields and all of the S right here and try Owen because it's only what you need. Because as Justin Fields would probably say, Owens. Owen. Hey. Mm. You hear the good news? Tell me. 
He's playing the entire first half Saturday against Cleveland. Or bad news, depending on how you feel about yeah, the Bears' offensive I, line. I don't feel good about that at all. That's not good news to me, Matthew. Uh, when that go. question was asked earlier, I was like, no, don't play him at all. He can sit down and let's go into in season one. All right. All right. I mean, okay. I mean. <laughs> all right. I'm a, that, that does mean I'll actually watch. Yeah. It does mean that. Like, I, was, I, was, I was watching Trevor, Trevor Simeon last Thursday. Trevor Simeon. Shout nice. out. Northwestern Wildcat. Yeah. Throwing tutties for the Bears. Solid backup out there, man. He's been solid in these games. Yes. Yeah. He he's been really solid. I was seeing my buddy who went to Northwestern, who's in my one of my fantasy leagues. I was like, you know you got to draft Trevor Simeon, like, first round, right? First round. Because okay. he's a Northwestern Wildcat who's okay. QB2 for the Bears. <laughs> he's just... Just dumb enough, yes. he just might do it. And Mark Shannon, you are correct. That's Chicago Sky, baby. Game three. Game three. It's over. It's they got it in the bag. See that ass whooping they put on them? My God. What? Whoa. It's over. They got it in the bag. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, hope so, too, but that's like, you know, it's dude, no superstition. Did you see game level, two? They are not I, on saw, I saw. I saw. I saw. When all. the Sky play to the height of their capabilities, Correct. the Liberty are nowhere near them. Nowhere near it. All right. That just freaks me out as any sports fan. Just nah, coming. nah, nah, okay. nah. I'm sorry. I, if nah. they could beat a team in a playoff game by the widest margin in WNBA playoff <laughs> history, they could go ahead and clean that series up yeah. in game three. I don't care what floor they're playing I on. I feel you if this was the Aces or somebody that was playing. I'd feel you. But no, nah, bro. They, they supposed to. Liberty. I, hope, I, very, I hope you guys are right. 100%. Yeah, Shout out also. Wade, executive of the year in the shout WNBA. Out. Yes, man. Shout out. James Wade. Yes. Big shout out. Ma- made some great moves in the offseason to beef up that, that core that, that Gardner, came back. Man. My yeah. God. Yeah. Goodness Oof. gracious. Beast. Uh, and Meesman, also a newcomer this season. Right. Great point. Uh, okay. Great point. Back to the NBA. Back. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, guys. Pretty low-key offseason for them. Chilling. With the exception of one very glaring problem that happened to one of their biggest players off the court. We will get to that. True. But chronologically, let's start with draft night. Uh, the three-team trade between the Hornets, Knicks, and Pistons. The Pistons get the rights to the number 13 overall pick, Jalen Duran, who Will just mentioned previously discussing the Knicks, and that old man, Kemba Walker, via the Knicks. The Hornets get a 23 first-round pick from Denver and four future seconds. What do we think about this deal for the Hornets, Dave? Uh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you get your four second round picks. Got you that. Like, yeah, okay. I don't hate it. You know what I'm saying? It's not bad. I'm not, I'm not scratching my head about it. I'll say that. I'm not just like, what the hell are they doing? Like, yeah, you got you a nice get back for that. So, sure. Can you put the graph back up for, for a second, Joey? Toss it back. Oh, the graphic back up. Give them the I need to, I need to examine them. this one more time. Okay, so they got a first round pick and four seconds. For Jalen, like, for basically uh, just, having the rights to thirteen, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, but it's, it's is, because they knew they had that pick number fifteen just two spots down the road. Yes, correct. Right. Which they is why they probably take, felt okay trading thirteen in that package. They still got their guy. Why not take Duran and Tari Eason or like AJ Griffin or something? Like, they could have made themselves, and obviously they didn't know what was going to go on with Miles Bridges, and that's that's a whole separate. Uh, you know, can of worms that, that we can talk about. But like LaMelo Ball is like 20 years old. I mean, they're they're in a position where they can load up on talent and take big swings. And a core of LaMelo, Tari Eason, and Jalen Duren in the next three to six years is going to be awesome. And like we talked about it when we did the draft evaluation. I'm not really a believer in Mark Williams. I think he'll be fine. 
I think Jalen Duran has a chance to be really special. I was really surprised that he fell even outside of the top 10. And I know they had a, they had a lock or whatever to get Mark Williams, but like, why not take him and draft another wing and really set yourself up with a ton of young talent, as opposed to just doing like the really safe thing of taking a guy that, you know, maybe has a little bit of a higher floor than Duran, but certainly not as high a ceiling. So it all, and I talk about this with Mark on our, on our Friday editions, where I just believe in going for it and being a little bit more aggressive than conservative when it comes to like going for talent. And this was an example of just something that I really don't like because it's just way too safe for me. And I don't think it raises their upside when they have like a potential superstar in the making. Like you got to put real talent around them. It, it is weird to think about, like maybe they knew talking to everyone else on draft night as those picks were going off the board that they, the guy that they really wanted was Mark Williams and that he was going to be there at 15. Yeah. So they felt like it was redundancy to exactly. keep pick 13. No, exactly right. But but it is weird that, you know, from, from your perspective, well, I get it because then you're like, okay, well, if we don't if we if we feel confident in not needing 13 and 15 and we're gonna get Williams at 15, so let's just let's make a deal and trade away 13. You're just basically kicking the can down the road to getting a first round pick next year and four seconds. And Look, I'm not and saying the that four second round like picks is is, is worthless, but it it is weird when you think they like why why do they, they want those value. four second rounders so badly? You know, they lost value. I really think like just from an asset play, you lost value, and then when you put on top of that, like you know the the talent that you could have in Jalen Duran and potentially Tar Eason or A.J. Griffin or one of these other guys that they could have drafted. I just think they lost value. And, you know, regardless of how you want to play it in terms of going all in or being really safe and conservative, that's fine. But, like, they lost value from just, like, a pure economic standpoint. And I thought – I just thought it was a bad move. Like, you're going to end up with, like, a pick in the mid to late 20s from the Nuggets and four seconds when you could have had, like, a chance at a real, like, high-level contributor. Fair enough. Uh, so they did, in fact, take Mark Williams with the 15th overall pick. Uh, we talked about him a lot leading up to the draft. We yeah. knew that the Bulls liked him, yeah. but would probably not have him on the board. He yeah. goes three picks before the Bulls take Dalen Terry 18th. There you see, again, his uh, his measurements. Does have that 7-6 wingspan, a guy who can block a lot of shots, finish at the rim, but as you've said, Will, other very drastic limitations to his offensive game mm -hmm. as of right now. Um, so, you know, I, I yeah, I'm, it, it was an underwhelming draft night for them from my perspective as well. Uh, even though I do like Williams, I, I think I like him a little bit more than you do, Will. Um, and, and then you get to free agency and you're like, okay, they did even less in free agency than they did on draft night. Mm -hmm. Cody Martin, four years, 31.3 million. That's it. That is the only signing the Hornets made this summer. Yeah. Here's Bring back Cody Martin, baby. <laughs> done. To-do list, done. <laughs> We're going to assist. They also, they also fired a coach that I thought was really good for them in James Brago and brought back a coach that they fired a couple of years ago in Steve Clifford, who obviously didn't work out or they wouldn't have fired him. Yeah, so, like, crazy. I don't know. Joe, you're going to show my grade in a second. I'm talking myself down. Like, make it lower. <laughs> I do, I do not like what the Hornets did. They just made themselves so much worse. They lost a ton of value. And I think they kind of set themselves back. The thing I, I liked about 
the free agency was uh, Mitch Kupchak said, we're not going to do anything in free agency. Like, that's what he said. He said, we're not going to make any splash signings and do do anything anything. like that. And he was a man of his word. They didn't do it. They didn't make any splash signings. Like he said, they signed Martin and they went home. Like, that's exactly what he, they did what they wanted to do. You know what I mean? And and when you say what you want to do and you keep your word, I, I honor that. Whether I agree with it or not, I honor that you set a plan and, and you saw it out. <sighs> okay, so, you yeah, know. So they, it was a bad plan. They, they got, they got again, mellow. Again, Will, I, like I said, whether I agree with it or not, you, you had one and you stuck to your guns. I, I give them that. Gordon Hayward is still around. Terry Rozier making a lot of money to yeah. be a, a Charlotte Hornet. Hayward should be gone, by the way. P.J. Washington, <laughs> Kelly Oubre still there, McDaniels, Plumlee. It's it's just a very mediocre roster. It is. Uh, Hayward, I, I thought he should have been traded, honestly. Yeah. I thought that that would have been an excellent move for them because you can still lie to people about Hayward can in his you? game. You, yes. Can you? Yes, you can. Okay. You can still lie to him about that. You, look, he can get you 20. I'm telling you, you can do it. You can get your 20 out there. You can still get away with Gordon Hayward, and maybe you can fix him like that. He's got a good another three teams left in him, I think. You can still do that with Gordon, man. But they didn't make a trade uh, for him. Like you said, they weren't going to do any splashy things or anything like that. So they held on to it. And it goes to the to-do list. <laughs> I, like, I really like Cody Martin. I wanted you know, – he's a guy that I thought the Bulls should go after. But, like – and the Miles Bridges thing, like, this is still unresolved, and we don't, yeah. like, know for sure what happened, but it looks terrible. They obviously did not, um, you know, they, he's basically in a free agent right now, and he's radioactive. Like, no team is going to sign him. They lost him for nothing. Um, they still have a bunch of, like, older vets in Gordon Hayward and Rozier with a younger core, which tells me that, like, they don't really have an identity. Um, yeah, I just, I really don't get what they're trying to do. And if they're trying to be good right now, then why wouldn't you try to go get some more talent with your draft picks as opposed to just like trade everything away so that you could lock in Mark Williams. And if you're trying to be bad, then you should still go out and try to get as much talent in the draft as you possibly can and move Gordon Hayward and move Terry Rozier for picks because that's the direction you want to go. So it just seems like they are on the wrong side of mediocre and I'm not really sure how they get out of there. And not just Miles, but also Montrez Harrell as well. You know, Trez is currently a free agent, well, just so, you know, yeah. floating out there in the ether. Yeah. But yeah, so Bridges, you know, we can we can touch on it briefly. He was arrested on June 29th, uh, released on bond. He's currently facing three felony domestic violence charges. He did plead not guilty on July 20th. This is the guy who led the Hornets in points per game last yes, he season. Did. Yes, he did. And right now. Things do not look great for him. It does not. And they, it's and thusly, do not look great for the Hornets. It's disgusting. So, yeah. I mean, th- just, this, and, go ahead. And it, and it also contributes to, to like their offseason as a whole, as terrible as all of that is for Bridges and for, you know, his wife and kid. Like, it's just, it's so bad for everybody. That whole situation is just like, is, and they're just like festering in it. Like, they're not doing anything to try to like, to get out of there. I don't know. It just, it's bad. It's just very bad. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. So, uh, and this is a criminal case, you know, he's facing three felony counts right now, a slightly different situation than what Deshaun Watson has just gone through in the NFL, you know, but it'll be interesting to see how the NBA handles this from their side of things. Cause the NFL increased Deshaun Watson's suspension from six games to 11. And a lot of people were still saying, really? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
what, if anything, will be the, on top of what he faces criminally and legally, what is he going to face from the NBA? Because I feel like in recent years, with Adam Silver at the helm, the NBA has had shorter and shorter leashes of leniency when it comes to stuff like this. If you screw up, you are going to pay for screwing up in this manner, which is 110% inexcusable. Yeah, like, and and I see the NBA coming down on them just for the reasons you just said right there. They have shown that. They're not going to put up with stuff like this, and they shouldn't put up with stuff like this. Um, It's such a, man, it's, it's a terrible situation, man. It's just so bad all around. And it was in the year, like, he was supposed to have the big contract year and do all that stuff coming off of being he your 20-point awesome score. Like, he played great. He was yeah. clearly the number two uh, guy for LaMelo, you know, and they were building their chemistry like that. And, I mean, just, just being an idiot, man, you know what I'm saying, doing dumb shit. Not to get too much into it, but I'm curious because the NFL has always been, like, comparatively a small potatoes. Like, if you are a defender of, of a domestic – teams will sign you once you've cleared the yeah. – league-wide sanctions like we've seen it Tyree Kill like yeah. Kareem Hunt you know if you yeah. if you clear the suspension teams will sign you I'm curious outside of the NBA sanctions that they come down with like I I, I could really see just with where the NBA is at as a league just teams saying like you know what we're good mm-hmm. even even if you're not on league suspension we're just not we, we can't have that on our roster. So I'm I'm curious. I think that's a real possibility. Yeah, it's going to be curious to watch going forward, man, for sure. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's so, out of the realm of possibility that he's done in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so before we get out of here, our, our quick grades and projections for the Hornets, I'm guessing that we, did, Will, did Will give them an F based on everything that Will has told <laughs> I, us about how he feels about the Hornets offseason? now he gives them an I, F. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we'll work out of all in the kind same of, boat. Yeah. C, C plus, C minus. Yeah. We, Dave, still see a path for the Hornets to make the play in. Mm. I don't know about you. For me, it is my complete lack of faith in the Knicks as an organization. <laughs> yes. That I, that, I, that I still have the Hornets <laughs> squeaking into the play-in. Will, you don't even see them as a play-in team. Yeah, and I, I see this, and I probably should have gone harder on the grade, but I also don't know, like, are the Knicks jumping into the play-in? I obviously don't think so. Uh, are the Wizards... Maybe the I don't think the Pistons are ready yet. Like I'm not really sure who else make it. Maybe they kind of like fall, sort of ass backwards into that last play-in spot. But I certainly don't think they're even that caliber of team. Now Lamelo is truly a special player, um, so maybe he just like ascends and takes them there. But uh, and that, I just I don't know. I don't really see them doing so much damage, especially considering how important of a player Miles Bridges was to them. And the fact that not only did they not replace him, which, you know, they, they can't do, they're not going to do, but they just continue to let the rest of the league pass as, you know, now probably their two and third, their second and third most important players are Rozier and Gordon Hayward, who are not getting any younger. Uh, I did want to say something. Uh, Will Charles in the comments is upset because you have not given us a Brazil story. He wants a story from Brazil from you. He's very upset that he's been here this entire time and hasn't gotten a Brazil story from you, Will. That's a real change of, of subject. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can think about it and, you know, give us one on it. Thursday. Today, yeah. Today we went on a walking tour of the historical area of Rio. And so we walked around and got to learn about, uh, you know, some of the cool buildings and architecture and just history uh, it was a former capital of the country. Now it's uh, Brasilia. So 
um, there's like a lot of history there. Um, trying to think about what else, but I don't know. I can come with some more stories in the future. Sorry, Charles, I'm not giving you enough. Uh, such such a tourist though. taking taking walking tours down there in Brazil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Continue to enjoy yourself. I, I, I've given up on the idea of Will ever coming home. I hope you enjoy living in Brazil for the rest of your life. I miss you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's we, not dramatic uh, at all. Yeah, yeah. We had a guest on deck for tomorrow. We had to reschedule that guest for next week. So tomorrow, Will, you're off. Dave and I are going to hang out and just do some AMA with our fellow Bulls fans. So join yes. us for that. Will, you'll be back in the fold with us on Thursday when we will break down every nook and cranny of the Nets offseason and that will complete our series of off-season evals of all these teams in the East that the Bulls are going to be vying for East playoff standings with. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter, Bulls underscore Peck, Bow, BAWL Sports, Bow. Won't Gottlieb. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Keep it locked right here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. We got our guys Cody and Sean coming up. CHGO bets at 4.30. We got White Sox pregame at 5.30. Mm. And then following White Sox game and Cubs game tonight, we got mm. Cubs and Sox postgame. And who's that guy over there? That's Joey. And who's that guy over there? That's Chris. Hey. And that's Sean. Hey, Sean. Shaved his head on TV. (laughs) Hit that thumbs up if you enjoyed today's show. It helps us out a lot. Make sure you're subscribed to the CSGO Sports channel on YouTube if you aren't already. Until tomorrow, Bulls Nation. Appreciate you tuning in, as always, for Joey, Big Dave, Matt, Will. See you, Red. Be good.